Today's guest is Caroline Thor, professional organizer and a KonMari expert who helps people to declutter and in the process, reduce overwhelm. Today, we're diving into all things decluttering from home to office, how an organized home can propel your business, tips and tricks to reduce the overwhelm and so much more. Welcome to the Purposeful Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Brennan, and I am obsessed with all things health, wellness, business, and marketing, and of course, helping you to navigate all the good, the bad, and the ugly of the seasons of this thing we call life. I'm a mum of two who took an activewear set designed in my home and grew it into a successful retail business featured in the top publications, worn by the top celebrities, royals, and now I work from home running an amazing online business that gives me balance. I teach you the tried and tested secrets to building your dream life. No fluff, no time wasting, we talk about it all. I'm the best friend you can talk to about your dreams mixed with a business school. So get ready to be supported as you learn. So hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Purposeful and I am joined today by Caroline Thor and she is the owner of Living Clutter Free Forever. She's a professional organiser, so welcome Caroline. Hi, thanks very much for having me today, I'm looking forward to it. That's great, so um, it may seem like a little bit of an odd one for some people because I think they'll probably think, okay, what has a professional organiser got to do necessarily with business or with wellness but I found sort of in my years of experience within business that um, you know an excellent business strategy just isn't enough Um, you know to be able to ride the waves of of business there has to be um, a blend between your home life and your work life and you know if there's I found if there's chaos um, around you, then that very quickly seeps into um, your work life and not just sort of like an unorganized desk. It's sort of across the board organization, isn't it? So um, I've got to say that I'm quite organization obsessed. I absolutely love it. I love everything in its place. I love that feeling of calm that it gives me. Um, but I will say that um, my husband, for example, is a compulsive hoarder. He's absolutely terrible. Um, and I am constantly feel like I'm organising him as well. So if we can start, Caroline, by so you explaining exactly what it is you do um, and specifically how important that is and how it ties into um, your sort of business life. Okay, well, I am, as you said, a professional organizer and also a KonMari consultant. So I trained using the Marie Kondo method of tidying. And I am not a naturally tidy and organized person. It's not something that comes easily to me at all, which everyone thinks is really strange for a professional organizer. But it's something that I had really struggled with when my kids were little And I was feeling very overwhelmed the whole time. And I tried to start a business when my youngest was two. I have three kids. 
And I was finding that I was just permanently stressed, looking for stuff. My paperwork for the business wasn't in order because nothing in the house was in order. And I came across Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying, and it literally changed my life. I read it through, I put our home in order, and I learned strategies for keeping us organized, which just I hadn't learned before. And it was like this, this light bulb moment for me. I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't have to be hard. I don't have to feel stressed all the time. So that made a huge difference. And my children actually commented that I was a much calmer mummy, oh, which wow. from their point of view was amazing because I wasn't permanently in a stress leaving the house because I knew where everything was. And because of going through the whole method, I got my paperwork in order. It meant that my business was running more smoothly because I knew where everything was when it came to doing tax returns. Everything was already filed. I wasn't spending hours going through a huge pile of paper looking for receipts and I'd written everything down as I went. So that's basically my sort of backstory on how I got into it and why I see it as so vitally important. And I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs and especially um, female entrepreneurs are trying to juggle home, kids, work. And as you just said, with regard to your husband, you're trying to keep on top of everyone else's overwhelm as well. So in your mind and in your head each day, you're not just thinking about what it is that you need but you're thinking about where child number one needs to be, where child number two needs to be, what they need to take out of the house, what your husband needs to be doing. Yeah. You, you're, you just, you're, your head is permanently swimming. And one of the things that um, I do then with um, clients is we work at getting the clutter out of the house so that you haven't got any extra there. Right. We then put systems in place so that everyone in the family knows where everything is and can support mum in keeping everything organized and tidied. So it's not just mum's job to keep on top of things. Right. Give mum the system so that she feels in control again and organized, which is just huge. Yeah. And it just allows for then work to become something that isn't sort of pushed in to a corner and you're trying to fit in or as very often happens, I think as entrepreneurial women, we're focusing on our business and then we start to feel like the family's getting pushed into a corner and we're trying to find time for the family and we feel guilty, we're being pulled in all directions. And with organization, you can make everything the priority it needs to be because you've planned your time. And um, that's, that's basically where I'm coming from with everything. So I love the fact that you said, you know, it's about, so I'm big on uh, explaining to women that it, it, for me, it's very much about dropping the ball sometimes, like you can't do absolutely everything. You've got to be able to delegate some of it to others. And I think, especially as you were saying, as women, we tend to think that it's all on us. Um, you know, oh, it's easier if I do it. If I just get it done, then, you know, it'll be done, it'll be better, um, it'll be quicker. And we end up getting to a point where we are just completely overwhelmed by these never ending to-do lists of, yeah. you know, um, I think it's not just even, as you say, it's not just work. It's it's just, it can even be sort of um, 
dropping the kids off to the to the various activities and uh, yeah. you know, to keeping their rooms clean, uh, just just very basic stuff that suddenly makes it all into this sort of ball that just keeps rolling and you just don't know where to start. So if I mean, I think most people um, that I'm talking to are already overwhelmed. So when you are at a point, Caroline, where you just feel like I'm so overwhelmed, I've got a thousand things, where do, where do I start? Where would you suggest somebody start if they're already overwhelmed? The thing that I have found most useful, and I've done a few workshops now online for women to do this, and I find it, it just completely helps, is to sit down and with a huge piece of paper, not not on a digital form just paper so you can actually physically see it in front of you and you literally write down everything that you can think of that you think you should be doing whether it's something to do with work whether it's something to do with the kids like having to make a doctor's appointment whether it's buying birthday presents whether it's arranging for someone to come and mend the heating system absolutely everything you just do a brain dump and get it all down on paper and then you can look through and separate it into columns of things to jobs for work, jobs for family and jobs to do with the home. And then I also like to add um, a wish list for me, because what I also put on that list is things that I would love to be doing. So I used to spend a lot of time going to sewing classes and that's something I haven't been able to make time for recently. And that's on my list of things to do. And when I did this in January, I also put on my list that I'd love to be able to do a headstand again. Oh, well. um, <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I used to stand on my head a lot um, and I was really good at it. And I thought, wait, this is, I, this is my goal for this year. So I, anything, anything that you is in your head that is a wish or you know has to be done, mm -hmm. then prioritize them into lists and then you know exactly what it is that you need to do and you can go through the list then and um, say okay what am I going to work at this week I'm going to choose one thing from that list that I'm going to prioritize this week so for, if kids doctor's appointments need to be made perhaps that needs to be quite high up in the priority list because it perhaps is more urgent things like me learning to do a headstand have been quite far down the list because it isn't actually a huge necessity but it's still on my aim before the end of the year to get that done. So I need to book that into my time. And once you have, have got all that out of your head, you're not juggling it anymore. And you can start to delegate, as you were saying. And one conversation that I often have with my husband, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying, is I will say to him, can you please do this? And then he's very, very happy to do it. But I've still had to hold it in my head and remind him that it needs doing. It's mm. still my responsibility to remind him to do it so it gets done. And I will often say to him, I just wish that you would think yourself what needs to be done and not leave it for me to be the CEO of this household and manage everything. But once we have everything down on a list and I can say to him, OK, on the, a Sunday we can sit down, say, right, what's on the list for this week? What from here needs to get done? And I can give him the jobs in advance and then I can forget about it. I don't need to worry about them anymore. I don't need to hold it in my head because I've already delegated that. And I can concentrate on the things in my list my children are older. My girls are 15 and 13 now. So they have their things to do, like clean their bathroom or hoover their bedrooms or put their washing away. I can tell them that on a Sunday evening and then they know what their jobs for the week are. 
And it, it just means that my overwhelm comes down hugely and gives me more time to focus on the things that are really important to me mm-hmm. and the bigger jobs that I need to do for my business. And it means that everyone's involved and working as a team. And that's not a bad skill for the children to learn either. Yeah. And I think sort of two things that pop to mind with that is, um, you know, I I think a lot of people wonder, um, they don't really know how to necessarily delegate things to children. They sort of think, um, I mean, I have a six-year-old and a 13-year-old. And obviously the jobs that I give them are very different but um you know when it comes to children like what can people start delegating even when they're younger what can they delegate if they have a teen sort of what sort of jobs can they give them that would just take a little bit off them and that really they're perfectly capable of doing the first thing that i think is really important for everybody regardless of age is that when we come into the home it is everyone's responsibility to put their things away and i think there tends to be a bit of a habit of everyone just dumps everything and walks off because they're hungry they've oh, come 100%. home from school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can vouch for that in my house <laughs> yeah exactly um and um it, it's a case of making it easy for them to put things away so if you have littlies that you have a hook at their height that they can hang their own coat up. There's no point having the rack so high up they can't reach it. Of course, it's then going to end up lying on the floor. And that all the shoes have got a place to go in. And so that as everyone comes in, they can put it, put things away and help keep that part of the home organized and looking tidy. I have to say, though, I think what is very important when you're dealing with children is to take people's personalities into account because I have three children who are all very, very different. And whereas two of them are perfectly capable of remembering to do everything, one of them just can't. She tries, but however many reminders, she will always leave her coat lying on the floor. But I make a point of never picking it up. I always go and get her and say, could you just come and put your stuff away before you carry on doing what you're doing? And then she does it. Because it would be so much easier for you just to pick it up. Yeah, you? But you don't it do would. That. That's great. Um, and I don't do that because um, I want them to learn that it isn't just my responsibility to pick up after them and do everything. And then as they get older, I mean, we, we ever since they've been tiny, sort of age two, three, we've had them emptying the bottom tray of the dishwasher, um, helping to set the table. You can give a three-year-old a, a plate to carry through and put on the table. Okay, it takes longer because they can only do one at a time maybe, but just to get them involved and helping so that they grow up thinking, actually, this is normal that I help out here. Yeah. Not that they get to 16 and it's suddenly a big shock that they're expected to do everything. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my children are um, expected to tidy up their own bedrooms and have been ever since they were tiny. But with support, if you've got a three, four-year-old, they're not born knowing how to tidy up. We're not born knowing how to drive a car. Someone has to show us how to do that. It's a skill. And I think the mistake a lot of parents make is they say to their kids, go and tidy your bedroom. And then are very frustrated when actually nothing's happened and the kid is sat in the middle of the floor playing. They've got distracted. You need to make it fun. You need to make it something that you do together when they're little um okay you put all the barbies away and i'll put the lego bricks away so it's like you're both working together in the room and then you can help them if you see they get distracted and then as they get older you can take a little bit of a step back and say 
could you put that away? I'll be back in a minute and I'll come and see if you need a hand so that you hand the responsibility over to them. But only when you're clear that they are going to manage that. Um, and my girls at the moment are being trained to use the washing machine. And I, I, I literally mean trained. I, I will bring them down and, and we'll go, okay, that's the button you press to turn it on. And they do that bit and I do the rest and they watch. And next time they do two steps. And it's, uh, you know, I wouldn't just send them there and go and put the washing on. They'd stand there like, I don't know how it works. I don't know what to do. Um, and you cause overwhelm for them. And yeah. when a child feels overwhelmed, they just put up a barrier and they can't do it anymore. So we need to support them in these things. And then they are able to help. And, and hoovering, dusting, tiny kids can dust. Give them a, a duster. And, and just get them wiping around while you're cleaning. So it becomes something that's seen as like a family activity and everyone pulls in. And now I very often work on the Saturday with clients and my elder two are perfectly adept at making pancakes. We have pancakes every Saturday. It's just a family tradition we have done ever since they were tiny. And I come home from work and the pancakes are made and um, they clear up after and it's good. Absolutely. And I think it's, I guess it's like, you know, very important to, um, you know, when you said about the um, washing machine, it actually made me think I had actually had to um, teach my husband how to use a washing machine. Wasn't something that he knew how to do. And it wasn't a case for me of treating him like a child. It was a case of, um, you know, rather than screaming at him and being like, God's sake, why, you know, why don't you put it on? I just thought, what would I do if it was my child? I'd be patient and I would show him this is how you use washing machine. And he didn't get it on the first time. He really no. didn't. And, you know, it took many, many times of, of me saying, can you put the washing machine on? And then having to re-show him how to do it. But but trying in my mind to keep uh keep patient so in a way it's sort of do you see that it also sometimes even for adults showing other adults it, it's the yeah. same thing yeah absolutely and, and I think um we have this expectation as women expectation is perhaps the wrong word we we have in our head that everyone knows what we're thinking that uh, and my husband often says to me I don't know that you want me to do that you have to mm -hmm. tell me um, and it's like we expect everyone to have a sixth sense just because we're our minds are permanently going and we're thinking the next three steps ahead. So we wake up in the morning. OK, what are we doing for lunch? What are we doing for dinner? Have I got the food in at the same time? You're thinking about the podcast you're going to be recording and where the kids need to be. And it's just all going on all the time. And um, I think very often we are assuming that everyone else knows what we're thinking is one and what needs to be done and that we need to go be much more specific with people if we do want that support we need to be clear yeah. about it not in a bossy way but could you help me out with and um yeah I'd appreciate the help and my kids they don't get paid for chores they don't do it I mean they look after their spaces I haven't ever paid them for chores they get pocket money each week because I don't get paid for doing chores in the house um and I feel really strongly that we're a family, we're a team, we help each other out. And our expectation is that that's part of their deal of being in our family. Mm. And we don't get any complaints about it. So they've never asked to be paid for chores. I don't yeah. think they've even thought about it. Well, I'd say my boys, well, my eldest is now getting to the point where he is asking purely because 
sort of uh he he has friends who get pocket money but he well at least he claims there is no jobs done for that so they don't help out at all at home but they're still getting pocket money at the end of the week so sometimes my struggle with my son is sort of letting him see that um yes that's the way it works in that house but in our house it doesn't work like that without him feeling sort of I mean you know obviously teenagers as well he feels like it's the most you know unfair thing in the world that he should be expected to um do chores around the house where his friends aren't you know um but I will say that I remember growing up that my parents were very much, you know, we had to tidy our own rooms. We had to be very self-sufficient. It was four of us. My parents were both working. And I remember going to friends' houses who their parents did everything for them and always feeling the, the same way my son does and feeling like, gosh, they're so lucky. It's amazing. But now as an adult, I think, thank God my parents weren't like that. Because I think that really mm. set me up for being organized and being on top of things. And I think that's why my husband is not set up for it. Because in his house, it, it was very much um, Spain of before, which was sort of the boy of the house. There are certain jobs that he can do outside, but he's certainly not going to do them inside. And he's just carried that on into adulthood. And I'm having to now sort of change the job, yeah. as it were. Retrain. <laughs> retrain retrain absolutely yeah so and I think I think come on so I was just going to say I think teenagers um struggle with a lot of these things that we do like we we don't have a huge number of clothes in our home mainly because of of me following the KonMari method and also I just don't want a big pile of laundry to deal with and I know from visiting clients homes that um if their children have lots and lots and lots of clothes, the washing won't get started until people have nearly run out of clothes. So your mountain of laundry gets huge. Well, we can't, we can just do a week and then I need, I have to wash or no one's got anything to wear. So I've only got, you know, a week's worth of clothes. And my poor teenage girls are like, everyone's got so much to choose from. They Because we live in Germany, there's no uniform in the schools. Oh, right. Um, And so they wear their clothes, just their normal clothes to school every day. And um, and it's just not enough variety for her. So I have had to sort of think this year, okay, how's she feeling? How's this making her feel going into school with like four tops on a rotation all week? Right. <laughs> so, so we've bought some more clothes for her this year so that she uh, doesn't feel such an outcast at school. Um, but but we do, as women tend to, to, especially with clothes, I think, I mean, and I'm totally guilty of this, um, just have far too many, don't we? Have. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that overwhelms women hugely is we're trying to manage the housework and the laundry. And I'm very much about trying to simplify everything so that every area of life is simplified and organized and manageable and not overwhelming mm-hmm. so that it all fits very nicely together and you still have time to do the things you want to do because the laundry isn't going to take all day. Yeah. So going back to what you said before, um, you mentioned um, putting on your list things that you want to do for yourself. So yourself, one of those things was your your headstand, headstand or handstand? It was a headstand. 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 Yeah. Handstand. No chance. Not at my age. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to uh, pretend like I could even do the headstand. So, <laughs> but you know what? How how is this also? Because I really think it is a form of self care 
organizing mm. like how would you describe it when it comes to this being a form of self-care I think it starts from the moment you walk into your home. If you open the front door, you've you've perhaps been out at work, you open the front door, you come in, you're greeted by a pile of your kids' stuff on the floor that they've just dumped. You know you've got to start cooking, but the kitchen's in a state. You actually haven't got a clue what it is you're going to be cooking. You're looking around trying to find um, the ingredients. You go into the living room, you're having to move stuff to sit down on the sofa. That's not self-care. To be able to open your front door and walk in and feel calm, feel in control, for everything to be easy, that for me is, is the highest form of self-care. And when that is how the home is, and I'm not, my home is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and my kids' rooms are not perfect. I wanted to just add that as well. You know, they're, they're allowed to get messy during the week and I can close the door and that's their problem. Um, but if I have, have organized the home so that everything's running smoothly, it buys me more time. And when I'm not spending ages doing um, meal preparation because I actually don't know what it is that I want to cook and I'm trying to find the ingredients, if I just walk in, look at my meal plan, I go, okay, today's that, get the ingredients out, cook it, or maybe I've even prepared it before. While that's doing, I can get on and sit down and read for 15 minutes or scroll through Instagram without feeling guilty that I should be doing something else because the other jobs are done or I've, I've already got them lined up. I, I find my biggest thing that I do for my self-care is my planner. I literally write everything down for the whole day. I have my hours planned out and I have in what I'm going to be doing, whether it's driving someone to school whether it's doing this podcast recording with you this morning, later on, I've got written in at what time I need to go to the shops and everyone might think, oh my God, imagine being so, so organized, but it clears my mind. And I've also got written in there the things I want to do. I've got an hour blocked out to go for a walk. Amazing. And if I hadn't put it on my calendar, as entrepreneurial women, what do we do? We, we go, oh, we should be doing something for the business. We sit yeah. down and we do work. Yeah. Or we're like, oh, we should have hoovered the living room. Let's quickly do that. No, that hour I'm going for a walk today because the weather's meant to be nice. And I thought, right, that's, I'm going to block that out um, because I know otherwise I would work. Absolutely. And it's, and it's finding, you know, the, those moments I find are the ones that, you know, when you get back, to work you are less overwhelmed because you know you say yeah. I'm, I'm also I love going for walks and I always um plan my walks in and and what my husband and I also did was um because of you know between his job and mine and the children and not being able to have that time together we actually planned a walk together for certain days of the mm. week so that's our time when we sort of you know it's just the two of us and and it just even I see for him and he's got a very stressful job and he says those moments um, is just such an escape, such a relief. And he says he is also feels like he goes back to work in a, in a different mindset because of that time. 
If you've ever felt totally overwhelmed by your to-do list or stressed out by certain tasks to the point where you just can't move forward, I've listed below in the show notes some amazing resources for you, including my five-minute stress-less log, which will take you from stuck to success in just five minutes. To download it, either find it below or check out that and many more great resources on www.purpose-full.co.uk forward slash episode 12. Yeah. And I think all of us have got a different thing that makes us feel better. For some people, it would just be sit down, put the TV on, switch off. For other people, it would be sit down with a book or go and meet a friend for a coffee, whatever it is that makes you feel better and relaxed. And I, I don't have an hour every day. It just happens that that is planned in today. Yeah. But I do plan in some time every day that I get outside in the fresh air, even if it's only for 20 minutes. Um, and, and one day a week, a longer walk like today. Because otherwise, you, all you would do would be just, there's always something for the business. There's always something new you could be posting on social media. There's always something you could be doing in terms of furthering your, your development of the business or working with clients or making calls or checking emails. It's just never ending. Yeah. You, have to, you have to put a point in where you say, okay, that there's stop now. And if your home is organized, it just makes it easier to do that because if you're not working, you're feeling guilty that you're not doing stuff in the home because that's not organized either and tidied up or, or clean or whatever. So um, I, I just find planning everything out for me is my biggest form of self-care. It means I prioritize my time in the right way and also time for the kids. Like we've booked um, the weekend after next, we've, we've got a babysitter for the weekend and we're taking one of our kids away for a night. And it was her birthday present so that she gets some one-on-one time with us. And we're both going and we've had that booked in for ages. Um, and it's not easy to take a whole weekend off and, and sort of leave yeah. the other two, but there has to be some give sometimes so that, that everyone feels prioritized. And that's really important. Absolutely. So if you could um, say, what is your like top tips, tips and tricks? So for someone who right now is, you know, as I say, not, not quite sure where to start, not quite sure, you know, do I start with, um, you know, organizing my office? Do I start with organizing my home? Like where, where, where is best to start? What are your tips and tricks for getting started? Just small little things that someone could start implementing this week. I think for every person, it's different. You need to look at what your biggest pain point is. Right. What part, what part of your home or what part of your day is causing you the most stress? If it's getting food on the table for the family, my my biggest tip would be to get yourself a meal planner write down on a friday or a sunday what you're going to cook for the next week and from that comes a shopping list and you only buy what you need for those meals and then you know in advance what it is you haven't got to think about it because it's trying to free up this this brain usage that you're using for stuff like that so if that's your biggest stress point that if you've got things you can never find So everyone has this this drawer that you open Mm. and there's all the stuff in there and you spend 15 minutes looking through it for the sellotape or the scissors or whatever it is. If that's a really big stress point for you, then spend 15 minutes 
emptying everything out, sorting it into categories and putting it all back in again in little boxes so that you can see where everything is and, and organize it. Um, if your laundry is your biggest stress point, then say to yourself, okay, this month we're all going to go through our clothes. We're going to get rid of the ones we're not wearing and ones that we don't love wearing. And we're just going to minimalize it a bit. It doesn't need to be drastic. Um, and, and get yourself into a routine so that and get the kids helping and, and perhaps try and find ways that you can get some support within the home. So I think for every single person it's different. Right. But my main tips would be meal planning, I think, is a massive game changer oh, yeah. for most women. Absolutely. And it, I, I actually asked on my um, Instagram last week um, how many of the meal plan and did a poll and 50 percent didn't. And 50 percent did. I always find that shocking, Caroline, because I've always meal plans and I couldn't do it without like I'm really big on what my children eat and you know we try and eat organic every meal but I could not be that organized if I didn't have that meal plan no way no no but it, I was yeah I I know from working with clients that a lot of people don't so I thought I'll do a poll and I thought 50 percent was a little higher than I was expecting Absolutely. it to be yeah so that that's a big game changer and also it's a huge money saver because you're not oh, yeah. buying things you don't need so that's that's good um if your hallway is something that stresses you out, that's something that you can really sort out quite quickly and easily, making sure there's places for everyone to put their shoes so that it can be tidied up, that everyone's got a hook or somewhere to hang their coat. And with winter coming now, that there are boxes perhaps there that everyone's got somewhere for their hats, scarves, gloves and all the rest of it. At the moment um, in Germany, we're still needing to wear masks as well when we go oh, on public really? transport. So um, we're, you know, somewhere that everyone's got somewhere to hang their mask when they come right. in. Yeah. <laughs> Things that, who knew we would be having to oh, worry about to hang a mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So things like that. And then planning your day. Uh, I think that is my, my number one tip for women as individuals, not, nothing to do with the family. Yeah. If you plan your day so that you know what you're doing when, and if you've got kids who are of an age that you can say, okay, I didn't do this this morning and I, I plan to do it this afternoon. I'm going to go into this room and I'm going to shut the door and I don't want disturbing for an hour, that they learn to respect that and that you can still work even though they're there. With littler kids, it's really hard because you you they want, they want your attention. So perhaps just suck it up and assume that an hour's screen time is going to have to be. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. want if you want to be able to get things done for your sanity and, and yeah. I also found when my boys were small I just um you know I I got used to the fact that you know I, th I think we're sort of taught that it's like well it's work and it's family and those are two separate things and you've got to constantly be working to separate them but they're not there's always has to be that blend and I just got used to sort of you know not only working with my children there but you know if I was doing something for work and my children came through during a call during whatever I just normalized that because yeah. you know um I I used to with my um eldest child I used to he used to be backstage for a lot of things when I was working and that just sort of became my norm and I know for a lot of people that was like wow I but it's it's that blend isn't it it's accepting that um if you try to separate the two you'll just you'll it'll never it'll never be perfect it'll never they're always going to cross over at some point 
Yeah, absolutely. And it also just causes more overwhelm for you if you're trying to say this is work and this is home. I think the danger is that you end up blending too much work into home time because mm -hmm. as I said before there is always something you could be doing yeah. you have to and that's why I find writing down I have I always have three things that I have to do today they're they're my big priorities those three things have to be done I've got a little list of that would be nice to do mm -hmm. but they could always be shifted if necessary um, and then a few things that um, like phone calls that need to be made and then I build those into my driving time so if I know I'm going on the school run and I've got a podcast I really want to listen to because it informs me for work, then I know that that's my time for doing that. And I will perhaps plan to get to school 10 minutes early and I've got time to phone the doctors and make that appointment. Yeah. It doesn't have to all be stuff I'm doing at home. Yes, totally. But yeah, I do exactly the same. Podcast is my drives to and from school or from to and from clubs that's my that's my podcast yeah. phone call time yeah yeah or like when I go out for my walk later I'll be listening to a podcast yeah. as well so I'm getting out and I'm getting my fresh air I'm choosing today to listen to something that's to do with work and marketing and stuff yeah. fine and I can also choose not to listen to anything if I want a complete break from work. So you just have to sort of um, balance it out, really, yeah. and make the best use of the time that you've got and have a cutoff point. You know, from this time, I'm not going to work this evening. Right. I will be up up and, and uh, present with the family. Yeah. So I, I heard you, you've mentioned the Komari method. So just I mean I, I think some, a lot of people are aware of it from like the, the, the TV show and the the book yeah. and everything else but but um so so what does that mean as, as, as you as being someone who's been trained within that how does that make it different to perhaps an, another specialist out there who, who who helps with organization what's the difference with that method I think normally uh, when we've been growing up, we've we've learned to tidy by room. So you tidy the living room. We're all going to tidy the living room today and we all tidy the living room. And then the next week we perhaps move on to a different room. And in that time, the living room's in a mess again. It, it's not maintainable because it like life takes over. So the KonMari method works by categories. So you first of all organize all the clothes. So you declutter all your clothes. Um, and decide which ones you're going to keep because they spark joy for you and which ones you're going to let go. And then you put them back into your organizing space or so your drawers or your, you hang them up or whatever. And when you have done clothes, you then do all the books, then you do all the papers and then you do kimono, which is the biggest category, which is things like stationery, DVDs, if you've still got any, um, um, things like the kitchen, the bathroom, the cellar, the garage, anything that doesn't fit into the other categories. And as you're going through clothes, books and kimono, if you find anything that's sentimental to you, that you think, I can't get rid of this. It was given to me by my grandmother when I was two. I hate it, but it was given to me by my, my grandmother when I was two. Um, all those things get collected together. And I always have a box that I use when I'm working with clients that we put sentimental things into. And then once you've gone through all of the other categories, you go through sentimental things because in that time, you've really learned what it is that's important to you and what sparks joy. 
And this idea of sparking joy is really important. So the KonMari method is about what you keep, not about what you let go. You decide what you want to keep. And anything else is then the stuff that with gratitude, you can remove from the home and either donate or sell and try not to put in the bin. We're very into, <laughs> I personally, am very into, we don't want to add anything to the landfill. So I always help clients to either sell or donate anything that they remove from their home. That's great. And because you've decluttered and you've done it by category, you can then find a home for everything so that everyone in the family knows where it's going back to. So everything to do with wrapping presents is in one place. Everything to do with stationary office stuff is in one place. You wouldn't have like multiples spread around the homes. You've got a pair of scissors in that drawer and in that drawer and up in the kid's bedroom and yeah. And I, I tend to do, um, when I con Murray children's bedrooms, I think they can be done as a little, little home of their own if you like because they've got clothes they've got books they've got paperwork they've got drawings coming out their ears usually yeah um and then they've got all their kimono their toys and their special collections and their all the rest of it and then they've got their sentimental items like their rock collection or the shell they picked up at the beach four years ago or whatever yeah yeah exactly so you can you know children of course they need their own stationery in their bedroom otherwise they're always going to be coming to you saying i need this that and the other but if the whole family know where scissors are kept or we have one cupboard where we've got everything that they could possibly need as extras for school they don't ever need to come and ask me they just go and get it out and if they take the last exercise book for of a certain sort, then they write it on my shopping list that we need more of those so that it gets filled up again. Um, so everything having a place means it stays tidy and it means that you can tidy up really quickly. So if things have been left lying around in the living room at the end of the day, you can just pick it all up and quickly put it, put it back where it should be because you know where it should be rather than it piling up on the side of the coffee table because no one's quite sure where it really lives. So it's less stuff, things that spark joy for you and um, everything having a home to go back to. Amazing. So as my sort of final question for you, so for anyone who um, is like, right, I really need to sort out my home or my office or just different things in life in general, how can they uh, contact you? How can they work with you? Um, where, where would it be best to send them? Okay. Well, I have a website, which is caroline-thor.com. So anyone can contact me there through the contact page. I've also got my podcast that they can listen to, which is Living Clutter Free Forever, which you can hear anywhere. And I'm also on Instagram at caro.thor um, and Facebook as well. And um, people can always just get in touch with me wherever they are in the world because I do virtual consultations as well. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much. You've just given so much wonderful information and help. I'm sure there's so many people listening that are literally going to get off the podcast and go straight away. And, and I'm certainly already thinking about the uh, spare stationery cupboard and <laughs> how I'll be incorporating that one into, into my home. So, yeah, so thanks so much, Caroline, for, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun chatting with you. Fantastic. Okay, well, um, hopefully I will speak to you soon. Yeah. Okay, okay. bye. Bye. 
you for listening to Purposeful with Jane. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help other people find it, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate or leave a review. If you know someone who's looking to move their existing business or new idea into the online space without the overwhelm and without the burnout, please share this with them or find out more on www.purpose-full.co.uk.